but as a church, as churches throughout the world, each of us are given this mission, this, this goal, this thing that we are pursuing, and for us, we describe that as going together. Here we believe that following Jesus is a corporate pursuit. We're not meant to follow Jesus in isolation from one another, but rather in community. It's not Lone Ranger Christianity. This isn't consumer Christianity where we come and find uh, some new knowledge this morning and then just build our heads up with knowledge, but rather we are looking into God's word and applying it unto one another as we demonstrate the love of Jesus to each other. We are going together in this journey to follow Jesus. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be sharing on the values we hold as a church that stem from this idea of going together. And many of you have been involved in some interviews that we've done to kind of demonstrate and share about what that's meant to you over the time that you've been here at Restoration Church. And so I thank you for that. Uh, In the next weeks, we're going to be looking at how we learn together, how we pray together, how we serve together, how we celebrate together, how we do life together. We want to make sure you get the point that this is not about you. This is about us following Jesus. So everything we do, we we decidedly do together. We've been given a relational mission from a God that cares about relationships. As we jump into that this morning, I'm going to be talking about this idea of going together and, and what it means for us. Um, But before we do that, I'm going to go ahead and pray for our time in the Word. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're so thankful for a new year, so thankful for uh, a chance to look forward with anticipation at what you're going to do this year in our hearts, in our families, in our church, in our community. Uh, God, we desire to be your hands and feet. We desire to serve you wholeheartedly, um, not just with lip service, but with Uh, with truth in our hearts, God. And so we pray that you change us and mold us and shape us into the people that you desire us to be, into the church that you desire us to be. Lord, we give this time to you and ask that you would bless uh, the proclamation of your word, encourage us and strengthen us with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to the Great Commission with this idea of a relational God in mind. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. From the outset, I want to point out two things before we dive into the middle of this. And the uh, two things I want to point out is that Jesus has has received all authority. He is raised from the dead. He's speaking to his disciples, and he's telling them, I have received all authority in heaven and on earth. He has conquered death and the grave. It's finished. He has all authority. This command to the disciples in the Great Commission is bookended by his authority, but also by his presence with you. At the end of it, he says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is our authority, but he's also present with us always. He has all authority, and he's always present with you. So in the context of of Jesus, who has all authority and is present with you, right? He says these things to the disciples. He says, go therefore, making disciples of all nations. 
It actually never stops. The verb there is continuous. <laughs> Go making, always making. As you are continually going, continually make followers of Jesus. What are those followers of Jesus to look like? He gives two clarifying commands. Go, therefore, baptizing them. And go, therefore, teaching them. Next week, we're going to talk about that idea of teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you uh, as we talk through learning together. But today, I'm going to talk about baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Following Jesus is about immersing yourself in the character of God. The reason Jesus says, go baptize them, not just in the Father's name, but not just in Jesus' name, but not just in the Holy Spirit, in all three. Take on the image of God that has been created in you. Immerse yourself in the character and nature of our God. The character of our going God is seen in this simultaneous action of the Trinity, right? On your life. As you, get, as you are baptized, when you come to faith in Jesus, you are proclaiming to the world, I identify with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I desire His action in my life always and at all times. That's what immersing is, completely filling yourself with. So we're going to look at these three things, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, the reason I want to start out this discussion, this, this uh, series talking about this is that who we are and where we go is determined by who we're from, right? It's determined by our God, who we're serving, who we're proclaiming. So if we're going to know what we're going with, we've got to know our God and who he is. What, what are we going to the world with? A God that is selfish? A God that's just seeking power only for his own? A God that is distant? No. We're seeking God that has poured out everything for us. Has poured out his life for us. And so we want to have his character. And so um, you're baptized, right? In the name of the Father. What does that mean? In Genesis 1, if you read through Genesis 1, I'm not going to pull that up right now, but um, you see some words that are kind of like you should take note of as you're reading Genesis 1. These are the words. Yielding seed, bearing fruit, multiplying, swarming, expansive. This thing is growing continuously. This thing that God has made is growing constantly. Everything that God has created is multiplying in an exponential manner. It just goes and goes and goes and goes. We've seen that in like a negative sense in the past couple of years, right? I was uh, looking at this this morning and came across a National Geographic quote. As I told Connor, I've got a National Geographic quote to start out the year for you. Turn over new leaf. Moving on from movies to really old magazines. Um, so this is, this is what I found. The latest measurement with the Hubble Space Telescope suggests that the universe is expanding faster than the scientist models predicted. A hint that some unknown ingredient could be at work in the cosmos. The universe is expanding faster than it should be. So there's two metrics we use to measure the expansion of the universe at this point. First is like this 
radiology or something, like the vast distance of the universe. And the second is a much smaller measurement, just the distance between the galaxies we're close to. And apparently, those two measurements we usually use to determine the speed at which the universe is expanding are off by like 10%. And so these different methods now disagree about the, the expansion rate that we thought was constant is now very much not. The difference might not sound like much, but the discrepancy is real and means the universe is now expanding faster than even dark energy can explain. So at one point we thought that dark energy, this thing we don't know anything about, was going to explain the expansion. It doesn't anymore. God is expanding this thing faster than we even thought he was expanding this thing in ways that we don't even know. As much as we strive for knowledge and information as people, we cannot catch up with God. He's expanding and expanding. He is ever expanding. And he has given that to our stewardship. He says, here, this is the world. I give it to you. You are the stewards. Take care of it. This is our Father. He's infinitely growing his creation. Our Father is present and generous to his people. Listen to some of the stories that you may be aware of and may remember from the Old Testament. I'm going to fly through a bunch of these, but, but rem remember them. Our Father is the one who walks with Enoch, prepares Noah with the ark, makes covenant with Abraham, sees Hagar when she is running, leads Moses in the desert, rescues and protects Rahab, chooses kings, speaks to prophets, saves Daniel. This Father in heaven who has created an ever-expanding universe is present with us. He gets down into our mess and talks to us where we're at. With each of these interactions, our Father in heaven is found to be abundant in generosity. As James 1.17 says, this is our Father. He is the one who gives every good gift Every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Our Father in heaven is present and generous to his people. We see and we've seen throughout the Old Testament that just as, as our Father has chosen Israel specifically and in particular, he has always had a heart that is beyond that. His heart has always been for all mankind. It seeks, he seeks the nation, Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Make his face shine upon us. That your way may be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. God is expanding constantly, present with his people, seeking out all the nations as 2 Peter 3, 8-10 says of him, he says, Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand, and a thousand years as one day. 
But the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that each should reach repentance. God's revelation to his people has been a constant testimony and call to the world to see himself and a great love that he has for us. He is generous, he is present, and he is ever-expanding. If you're being baptized, immersed in the name of the Father, then you too know his presence. You too know his generosity, and you extend that out to those he's given charge to you. In the name of the Son, we're baptized in the name of the Son. Jesus, in his incarnation, comes this way. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant, born in the likeness of men. If you're going to be baptized in the name of Jesus, you're, you're incarnated, you're taken to a place which God has chosen for you. And you are present there. Not for your own benefit are you there, but that you should be emptied out for those around you. If Jesus, the, the one who is at the throne in heaven, is, is God, comes in flesh, does not count that equality with God something to be grasped, and then empties himself, that is what we are immersing ourselves with as well. Being willing to let go of what I am and who I am for the gospel's cause. His obedience is shown in his doing exactly what the Father says. John 5, 19 to 20. So Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all, all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. Jesus, the Son of God, walks in this earth in complete obedience to his Father. Everything he saw, the do, saw his father do is what he did. This is Jesus. His obedience took him all the way to the cross, Philippians 2, 8, and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And finally, Jesus shows us he is victorious, 1 Corinthians 15, 54-57. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Death has now been swallowed up in victory. If you're going to be immersed in Jesus, if you're going to be a, a, a disciple of His, you're going to be immersed in Him. And that immersion looks like incarnation, not isolation. 
right? We have a tendency in our lives toward isolating and taking care of ourselves. But God has called us to incarnate, be where we are, and be open-handed with what God has given to us. To be obedient to our Father in heaven, just as Jesus, who is God, is obedient to the Father, so too we should be obedient to the Father. Jesus' obedience was perfect, complete, unto Roman guards putting him on a cross in Jerusalem. He humbled himself to the point of death for us. But he also has secured the victory. You're victorious. This isn't a battle that is being fought anymore. Jesus has accomplished it. He has given you the victory as you are immersed in him. Anything that's telling you something different isn't of him. If, you know, you mess up, right? We all mess up constantly. We've got a lot of resolutions in here. I know that there's a lot of dudes that have a lot of resolutions to read a lot of stuff this year. So I know you're going to mess up. Probably a good chance of that, right? It's very easy to hear from your enemy and say, see, can't do it. Don't listen to that. You are victorious in Christ Jesus. Yeah, it's going to be a struggle, but God has given you the victory. We are immersed in Jesus, who incarnated, was obedient, was sacrificial in his love, was victorious in what he did. Finally, we are people immersed in the name of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says he's going to be with us to the end of the age. How is that accomplished? Well, he gives us Holy Spirit. He sends the Spirit to be present among us at all times. So what does it look like to be immersed in Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is one who empowers the disciples for mission. Acts 1, 7-8, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons of the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit has given you power to accomplish the mission that he has given to you. The Holy Spirit is an equipper. The Holy Spirit has given each of us particular gifts to serve the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 7. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but in, it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The Holy Spirit has given you each uniquely Different gifts to serve the body. To be immersed in the Holy Spirit is to know that gift that God has given you and, and put it to use in the body of Christ. Finally, the Holy Spirit brings conviction, not only to us, but also to the world around us. Galatians uh, 5, to 26 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. 
not being conceited, provoking one another, and envying each other. The Spirit's work in us produces these things. It crucifies our flesh with its passions and desires and bears fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And to you and I, when we were not following Jesus and to anyone outside the body of Christ, the Spirit is the one that convicts. John 16, 8 to 11. And when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit is present with us, giving power to us for the mission that is ahead, uh, equipping us as disciples of Christ, bringing conviction to us in everything that we face. As we look forward at a year that is ahead of us and consider what it is to be a people restored to our God in heaven, this is what it is. It's to return to what we were called to in the first place. To return to that time when Jesus reached out to you and said, I will bear your sin. I will show you the Father. And when you testify to his goodness through through baptism, you're baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so if we're going to be a people that's going together in this world, this is what it's going to look like. It's going to look like our God at work. It's going to look like, like us being immersed in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Immersed in his character. Immersed in a Father who is present and generous. You know, I mean, I don't know which parent you are in the relationship, parents, but I know if it's me, it's very hard, okay, when mom's like, oh, it's your choice if they should watch a movie or not. I'm like, I know I should say no, 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 yeah, let's watch a movie. (laughs) Have you been there? Like, yeah, I, wanna, I just want to give them what they desire, you know? I just want them to have that stuff. That's the heart of our Father. I mean, we have to have the wisdom to, like, you know, build in some restraint and all that. But you know you've been there where you're like, I want to get that thing for them, but we can't right now. This is our Father. He's present and He's generous. We have to be immersed in the character of the Son. Loving sacrificially. Walking obediently. Yeah, you know, that's not fun. It wasn't fun for Jesus, right? I mean, He's in the garden, sweating blood. Okay? Like we, we got to remember that this wasn't some easy task that he took on. And I know it's not an easy task for any of you to be obedient to the Father's call on your life. I get it. It's not easy. No one said it was going to be easy. Jesus demonstrated all along through his life that this was a sacrificial love that he was calling you to. Something that will cost you. This isn't a free gift. <laughs> It's given freely, but it costs you your life. 
We have to be immersed in the character of the Son who sacrificially gave everything for us in obedience to the Father. And finally, we have to be immersed in Holy Spirit who empowers you uniquely for every circumstance, bringing conviction to bear witness to the Father and to the Son. You don't have the strength in your own. You don't have it. It's not in you. I'm sorry. Nothing in your flesh has the strength to accomplish what God has called you to do. It's by design. He's infinitely bigger than us and calls us to way more than we could think or imagine. In my flesh, my dreams are too small for God's. God's dreams are bigger than mine. I can't do God's dreams in my own strength. It's not possible. The Holy Spirit empowers us uniquely for the circumstance that we're in. And so if you're right now walking in your own strength, trying to accomplish that on your strength, then you misplace the source of your power. It's not in you. The power is in Holy Spirit who empowers you uniquely for every circumstance, bringing conviction to bear witness to Father and Son. I challenge us, church. We go together in this way, all right? We, we gather for community group and encourage each other in the Word. We, we gather on Sunday to proclaim Jesus and what He has done for us. But you're going all over the place, right? This is not like, we're not going to like get a whole big crowd in on Sunday morning. We're not really worried about that. We're more worried about the fact that each of us go to a workplace, a family, a neighborhood, every single day. And the mission God has called us to is those he's placed us around. We talk about going together. I'm talking about supporting you when you're facing a hard time. Praying for you when things are difficult. Yeah, we don't have a lot of like programs and things that we're, we're doing right now. But each of us is called by God to go out to the places where we're in and be the light of Christ. Being present and generous, sacrificial and obedient, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So I pray that as you look forward to this year, as you look ahead at what is coming down, that you would immerse yourself once again in the character and nature of your God. He has called you to be image bearers of himself. You think about that expansive nature of the universe again. I mean, it is just exploding. That is God's desire for you also. That the change that God has put in your life would change another man. The change in your life would change your family, would change your coworkers. And that this thing would ever expand beyond what you can imagine, faster than you think is possible. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for the desire you have for us. God, you care more about us than we care about ourselves. 
You care more about our neighbors and our friends and coworkers more than we care about them. And so we ask, God, that you would expand our hearts. God, give us a heart like yours. Give us that generous spirit that you have as a father. Give us that ever-present desire to see growth Lord, convict us. Convict us of the things that need to change in our hearts. Help us walk in obedience and love just like Jesus did. Lord, we're so grateful to be this body that you have called together. We pray that as we look forward, we would join arms and together pursue the character of God that you've poured out so immensely upon us. Change us and mold us and make us more like you. That you would receive the glory and honor and praise in our hearts and among the nations. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.